I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 255 of the Cantobite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, as, as happy as I am to be back home, I'm not. I miss everyone. I wish I was still in London. Um, yeah, so that's where my head's at. Yeah, so we just got back from celebration, and it was awesome. And now I'm home, and it sucks. But this episode is is just probably going to be stuff about our trips and stuff we saw at celebration. Um, it was a lot. We both have stories to tell. But so, who wants to go first? Your yours is yours is lighter. You go first. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, I went over for two weeks, uh, as we talked about on the show before. Kev and I were gonna go around Scotland for a week and then go to his house for a couple nights before a celebration. So we did that. Uh, it was it was really great. I got to see my boyfriend. Um, I was so fucking nervous getting over there. I mean, partially. Because I'd never traveled internationally before, and I didn't know what I was doing, partially because I was going to be spending two weeks with a guy who I've just been talking to online, and like, like we obviously we spent time in person before, but it was like a day, and you know, it was a very like it was, it was like a hookup, and then we were hanging out as friends, but then it was, oh, we're going to be going around a country together for two weeks. That's that's a lot. But um, as soon as I landed in Edinburgh, I walk out of baggage claim and he's standing there waiting for me. And I'm just instantly in tears and so happy. He brought me flowers. He's such a sweetheart. And then we just like, you know, we drove to a hotel. We walked around Edinburgh and we just had an awesome time there. Um, why am I tearing up hearing all this? This is just, <laughs> I'm just so happy. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was, it inter- in, 
um, instantly felt natural to be with him. It, I mean, it was a little surreal, but I didn't I didn't feel awkward at all. And I was just I was just super happy. And Andrew is a, a really cool city. We we did some touristy shit there. We toured the castle, which is up on this hill and is just this big sprawling beautiful thing and where else did we go we went to um inverness we went to uh we like drove around Loch Ness, which is beautiful and it's a lot bigger than i knew like it's a lot longer so we were driving alongside of it for quite a while and just stopping every you know what felt like every couple of yards to get out and take pictures because everything was so pretty and and then, like, we also did a couple of nights at a, a place called um, Fort William, where we were at this bed and breakfast owned by this really just sweet couple who also had an adorable uh, Scottish terrier, who was the cutest thing I've ever seen. And I don't know, it's like I saw so many things, and I could talk about it for hours, so I'm trying to, like, condense it, but... It was so cool. We we just it seemed like a magical trip in that, and I feel bad because I know what your story is, but like things just like everything was just working out. Like we got some really beautiful weather. We were meeting all sorts of cool people. All of our hotels were really nice. Um, we, we every restaurant we chose just ended up having fucking incredible food. It was. It was wild how good everything was. And it, it's fun to, to travel with Kev because he's the kind of guy who just strikes up conversations with people, which is not a thing I do. So, like, <laughs> you know, like the first night, and like the second night we're in Edinburgh. No, I, I'm trying to think. No, it wasn't Edinburgh. It was in uh, Inverness. We were at we were at a hotel bar. And he just like, you know, he, like the guys, we were at sitting at a table and the guys at the bar were said, you know, he heard one of them say something about how it was the other one's birthday. And Kev like immediately engages in that. And then the next thing is these guys are giving us recommendations of all the places we should have gone in Scotland instead of the places we did go. Because they, you know, they were they were from the, the, the West Coast. And he's like, oh, no, 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 you can't do the East Coast. The East Coast is OK, but the West Coast, that's where the really, really gorgeous stuff in Scotland was. He's like showing us pictures of his hometown and stuff like that. It's just it's so funny. Um, when oh, 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 I saw a cow. I met a cow, which doesn't sound exciting, except if you've never seen a Highland cow, please Google Highland cows. They are amazing. And they look like they're wearing wigs and they are on all sorts of touristy stuff all over Scotland. Just pictures of them on everything you can imagine in any shop that it sells souvenir stuff. And so I became obsessed with them and I'm like, I need to see a Highland cow. So I Googled, where can I see a Highland cow? <laughs> and <laughs> on on one of the Scotland tourism pages, this bed and breakfast popped up that has a that's connected to a farm and has a tea room and it turned out to only be like 20 minutes out of the way between one of our one of the cities we were staying at and the next one we were going to and so kevin's just like yeah let's do it let's go see some cows 
and yet we get there at just a little tiny place right on this farm. We, you know, we, we, we were going there to have lunch as the woman is seated. Now she's telling us about the farm and, and I'm instantly like, can we see the cows? To where she says, oh yeah, you're really lucky. There's a couple of them right at the fence right now. So we go outside and there's two cows and a calf. And at first they're lying down and then there, there's a gate next to it. And ca- and I'm just like, oh, because they have their backs to us and I just want to see the cows' faces. And I was like, let's see if we can go through this gate. And as soon as, and, I, and I'm instantly like, please don't touch anything. I don't want to get yelled at by the farm people. But as soon as he makes the noise at the gate, the cow stands up to come over to investigate. So I managed to see this cow face to face and he, he like lets me scratch his head. He lets me, like he like sniffs my hand. I got some amazing cow pictures. I was so friggin' happy. I was almost in tears because I, I don't know why. I'm just like, I had to see one of these cows. And then I did. And I got to like not only see it, but like see it like a foot in front of my face. There, the the woman at the um, bed and breakfast said they're actually planning to turn it into like an experience where people can come and, you know, feed the cows and interact with them more. So I, I, I did notice that when we were, when we were leaving lunch, Kev, Kev was asking them about, you know, like prices and stuff. So I think he's already <laughs> planning on going back there. But again, we're, we're sitting there and this, this family came in to have lunch with this big, beautiful dog and Kev just starts talking to them. And then we're, you know, we're talking to this, this guy who's on vacation with his family. They were staying on a boat and, you know, his, his, his kids are talking about how they have their, you know, their exams coming up and Kev's getting advice on, on, um, getting a dog from this guy, which is so cool. Cause again, like I, I'm, you know, I'm polite. Like I would, this was a, you know, little, like teeny little room with a couple of tables in it. I would have said hi to anybody who came in and certainly I would have been like, you have a very beautiful dog. Can I pet it? But I wouldn't have talked to them, but yeah. it just ended up being really friggin' cool. And I don't know. Yeah. Then we like the, the day we went up this mountain, um, it was just like the, the weather was suddenly like not misty at all and was perfectly clear and beautiful. And we see all these vistas. And then that day we did a, uh, that's the day we did the distillery tour at Ben Nevis, um, distillery. And as we were giving the tour, the woman's like, oh, you can see the mountaintop right now. You guys are really lucky. It's one of like 40 days a year where it's clear enough that you can actually see it. So it was just kind of like stuff like that the entire time. And then um, we drove down to his place, which God bless him, because he was doing all the driving, obviously. Uh, and that's, you know, a six or seven hour drive from Scotland down to his place. And I got to see his house. And that was nice. And then I, it was just really like all, like being able to do things you don't really think about, like, sitting on your boyfriend's cows and watching TV was just, it was just, I loved it. And then we went to celebration, which we'll, which we'll talk about when we get to celebration. But, uh, let's talk about your trip. No, you didn't mention the, you went, you visited a celebrity and (gasps) that's right. How, How could we forget? I went to the, the estate of celebrity artist, Christopher Hall. There was, there was a plaque on the door and everything. God, amazing. It was great. We had, we had, 
pizza and we watched the worst episode of the Mandalorian. And it was, it was really, it was so funny because, because we sit down and Chris is like, I'm so excited to watch this with you. Cause I know like, you're like the most negative Star Wars fan I know. And then I think he ended up hating this episode even more than I did, but it was a good time. And I got to meet Chris's kids and they were incredible. Uh, his son was showing us like little animated videos he had made on his iPad that just had us all roaring. They were so funny. He's such a such a creative kid. It was wild. I love the Hall family. Yeah, it was also great because Jackson obviously totally adores Kev, and I got to see Kev with kids, and that was fun. Like he's super good. Like he's just so nice, and ugh. It was adorable and warmed my heart. Every time I hear you talk about this trip, it just makes me so happy. Um, so when you went to Edinburgh, was there a lot of Duke of Edinburgh stuff? Like, did you see a lot of like Phil? Did they have like Philip like shit there? Or since nope. I mean, he was the fucking Duke, oh, they just don't give a fuck. Okay, that's nope, great. No, I didn't see anything. That's interesting. Yeah, because that's the first thing I thought. Because I was thinking, like, the castles and everything. I mean, like, the motherfucker was the Duke of Edinburgh. I'm like, I know it's just a name. Like, they have names, like, you know, Wales and other other places. But that's really cool. And I'm, I can't express enough how happy I am for you that you did all this and that everything went, like, perfect. You know, the food you ate was great. All the things you saw were great. You got to see your fucking cows. Like, I can't be more happier for you i mean like i i could be but then i die because i would just die of happiness but let 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 me let me take it down a couple notches here yeah yeah so um wednesday before we were supposed to leave um rusty had called me um rusty my brother and um, he always FaceTime. So we were FaceTiming and I was doing two things at once. Um, I was checking into our flights and talking to him. And, you know, with checking in your flights, you have to put your passport information in. And um, that is where I found out that uh, Carlos's passport had expired. So we kind of had to scramble. He made a couple phone calls you know, looking up articles on how to get an expedited passport, yada, yada, yada. And chat chances weren't looking very good for both of us to go because, you know, even though I had put so much time and effort into, you know, planning this trip and everything, I, I didn't want to go alone. You know, like yeah. you plan something like this and you want to go with your partner, experience these things, you know, things we both love Disney. I mean, mostly me, you know, world war two history. Like, you know, this is something that we've been talking for years of doing. And, um, it was just looking more and more like it just wasn't meant to be, but deep down I knew I no matter what I had to go like I knew I needed this either for like personal journey like you know confidence boost etc etc I mean for god's sake I had just got back from a Taylor Swift concert where I could barely handle the amount of people there so thinking about barely being able to handle Taylor Swift concert and then traveling alone in an international country something I've never done before it was literally the worst day of my life. It was living that nightmare where you go to school and you don't have pants on or you're accidentally naked or something. Like, it was the worst 
thing I've ever gone through. And it was, you know, two, three hours before my flight had, um, had departed that I decided to go. And then of course, like the universe loves me, the universe loves, you know, just (sighs) doing wonderful things. And as I was packing, my body didn't feel right. And I found out that I had a bladder infection. So I had to go to urgent care real quick, get medication, then drive to the airport. And it, it really sucked because, you know, like everything had happened so fast. And like, I felt like I didn't really give Carlos like a, a proper goodbye. Like it had felt like I was being shipped off to war. And it's oh. like, I, I know how insensitive and like, you know, someone can hear that and laugh, but that's really what it felt like. Like it was just it was so traumatic. And then like I was on the phone with my dad and he was trying to come up and, you know, obviously that didn't work out because it just financially, it doesn't make sense, right. you know? And that plane ride there was just it was so raw and so it was horrific in a way because it's like it felt like I had died he had died like just so many things and just like life everything was just felt so uncertain but I I made it I went to France I was able to do my World War II history tours I went on a beautiful d-day tour I was sicker than a dog though you know those pictures of me like how happy I was like I was so fucking sick I can't remember the last time I was that sick I mean like running to the bathroom every hour you know like trying I got a sinus infection too and having a sinus infection and being at Disney Paris, which I'll get to is not fun. Cause when you go on those bumpy roller coasters and when I get sinus infections, it feels like my top molars are going to fall out. So like I'm riding these fucking rides feeling like my teeth are going to fall out, which is like a very fun experience. But, um, France was beautiful. As beautiful as France was, it was extremely terrifying being alone in a country where they speak your language, but they just don't want to. Mm-hmm. And especially trying to keep it under wraps that I was alone. Um, Real quick, I just want to thank everyone who kept that under wraps and really looked out for my safety. And, you know, once we go into like the celebration part, I'll, you know, call out the people who really made my experience great. But for those who knew, you know, firsthand what was going on and just helping me feel safe, helping me kind of figure out like where to go, what to do, like, I am forever grateful for the friends that we have because I wouldn't have been able to do it if it weren't for them. Like I wouldn't be able to do it, you know, like knowing that, you know, Catherine does this shit all the time. Like Catherine travels alone. Like she's a fucking professional and she really inspired me to be able to have the confidence to do this by myself. And as traumatic and heartbreaking and terrible as it was, you know, in the beginning and I don't regret anything. It was such a beautiful trip. Being able to walk in Normandy on Omaha Beach in my hiking boots was something that I'll truly never forget. You know, just looking at everything, feeling that like peace, yet like that heartbreaking feeling on Omaha, then just walking around the the trenches and just going to the Going to the cemetery where, you know, a bunch of, you know, seeing all those crosses and seeing, you know, all the people that had fought for us, our country, yada, 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 patriotic country pride, whatever. But 
it was beautiful. And then Disneyland Paris was fantastic. I think that's when I got there, that was when I had felt at home. Um, I hanging out with French Mickey. Yeah. Hanging out with French Mickey. It was, it was so beautiful because, um, I had got there at rope drop accidentally because I thought I was running late because when I had got to Garde Lyon, um, the ticket booths weren't working to buy my uh, ticket to Disneyland Paris. So like I was freaking out and then I went to like the customer service and I was like, uh, help. (laughs) So they helped me and everything. And um, I'll never forget that first meal I had at Walt's because that was the first time. And I think like 24 hours I'd actually eaten like a proper meal because Mm. I was so afraid to go to a restaurant, order food for myself um, for many reasons. I mean, I didn't want anyone to think I was alone. You know, I feel bad that I don't speak, you know, the language, you know, I would try, but I just don't want to be that asshole tourist. Right. Which I definitely take, like, I take that so much in consideration now, like after getting back from like a foreign country, like I feel like I need to make an effort to learn the language, learn like the mannerisms there because you know just being there and how beautiful it was like I want to do everything I can to respect those and the culture around me but as soon as I got to Disneyland Paris that's I everything my trip went smoothly I was able to have a good time um the Disney property was beautiful it was just like at home but everyone's speaking French the rides were very intense too Holy shit, the French do not fuck... The the Imagineers in Paris do not fuck around. Like, those rides were intense. Like, everything went upside down. But everything was just so beautiful. Like, the Phantom Manor was phenomenal. I didn't take any pictures, funny enough, on, like, my, one of my favorite rides there. But it was awesome. The, the fireworks show was the first time in, like, three years I had seen a proper Disneyland fireworks show. So I had to... I had to, like, stand far away from people... So that they wouldn't see like a grown ass lady cry. Crying at fireworks. Yeah. Crying at fireworks. Like I was that person. And like every time like someone would kind of get near me, like I would have to like stand back even more. So that was funny. But I had a great time. Went to London before celebration. I was ever able to get a VIP tour from Catherine. That was fantastic because she's into the royal shit like I am. So we're uh-huh. walking around Westminster Abbey. And it was just so beautiful because there was a moment where, like, we were just standing somewhere and she kind of starts to, like, cry a little bit. She's like, this is all just so intense. There's so much history here. I'm just so happy. And just to be able to share that moment with her. And one of the people working there, like, came up to us and they're like, I know this is a lot. Like, this is such a historic and beautiful place. Like, that was just amazing. Like being able to experience that with her going to Buckingham palace, you know, getting some royalty from her. Like it, ah, I just, London was amazing. And then, uh, Thursday, uh, Josh Chapman, he like knows Hackney, like the back of his hand. So he organized like a big meetup for everyone. So that's where I was able to see, uh, Emily Cav and like the rest of the gang. And, that was a fun night. Um, I I think I, I don't remember like the end of the night because I remember we had those like fish and chips, which like I still like to this day. If anyone asks me where the best place I got fish and chips was, it's that fucking bar, well, yeah, even though they were fish not, cheeks. Yeah, they don't they don't really count as fish and chips because it's it was cod cheeks, but they were really fucking good. Yeah, and no, the aioli with them was really good, too. 
that was some good ass aloe because it was like had a little spice to it too and the, and the chips were just good too like it was just it was a banger and like the drinks are good too um i can go on forever about how wonderful london is yeah i really i really enjoyed it uh it's also just as an american like seeing seeing things that 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 are that old is so bizarre like at one point in Edinburgh, we, you know, after we, I mean, you know, Castle, but yeah, Castle, I know that's going to be old. And then we were just walking around like next to it and we went into this cathedral and I look at the sign, it's a place fucking from the 1100s and it's a still a used as a church. They still have services there. It was just like absolutely amazing, like all this stained glass and it was so beautiful, but it just like, I'm not a religious person, but being in a building that beautiful and that old is this sort of overwhelming like there's the, there's something about the the hush in an old church that I really really love and I'm there with this guy that I love but it was it was incredible but it, London it's even stranger because then you have all these ultra modern buildings alongside this other stuff like when you you know you have you know, the Tower of London, and then you also have the Shard, and it's it's weird to see that juxtaposed. Yeah, it, it was amazing, like, walking around, just being like, these, these buildings and these places are older than my country. Like, there's just kind of this feeling that you have just knowing that how old something is. And, like, it almost just gives you, like, a new perspective on just not life like i'm not trying to get fucking deep here but it's it's just so interesting like being in this place and you know knowing that it exists but knowing that like you're there too like there's just something about it that's just so amazing yeah it was like um when we were when we were uh we didn't go in uh which i'd want to do next time i'd want to do some like more in like actual tours of places and i'd want to like do the you know the the British Museum and stuff, but when we're walking around the Tower of London, I'm just thinking, because, you know, I, I've talked before, I, I'm obsessed with the the Wolf Hall books, and one thing was, like, not only was Thomas Cromwell, like, here, this is where he died, but even when he was here, this was an old building, and that's so strange to think about. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know, I can't, it's really hard to wrap your head around, and I know that, you know, people kind of, laugh when you when you talk about that as an American tourist but it really is a remarkable feeling to 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 see things that are that historied yeah it's it's amazing I know like I was on the train back from France and just seeing these old farms and just all the little French animals and just knowing like the, the history of the French animal family and just how how far their family lines have gone back and it just it's it's almost like sentimental in a way like it just it's it's beautiful it's it's such an amazing thing. And I think that's what really kept me going is just like the history, the architecture, like, you know, one Sunday morning, I just walked into like a, a 12th century church. Like, even though like, you know, it was a Catholic church, like I'm, I'm not Catholic, but just, you know, being there and just experiencing that, like, it was just like, it was beautiful. Just being able to stand there and just appreciate the architecture and just knowing how old this building is and just appreciating like 
that, you know, my health and my, like, I'm alive. I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's unlike anything I have ever experienced. And I, I don't think, you know, planning this trip, I ever thought I would experience half the things I experienced, you know, while in France, while in London, you know, at Star Wars Celebration, like it it was truly a life changing experience, like, you know, being at home now and kind of reminiscing on everything. Like, I really do feel like a changed person and I'll feel like a changed person until like Tuesday next week. But it's totally fine. Like, it's like I, I just feel like so much has changed. But no. Yeah, I do um, say like before before we get into like celebration stuff, I want to say how friggin' proud I am of you because I know like how overwhelming and scary that must have been, and it's not an easy decision. I'm so glad you decided to go. I remember I like remember waking up to your text message being <laughs> like, um, Carlos doesn't have a valid passport. <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> immediately like turned to Cab and being like, oh, what the fuck. <laughs> But then, you know, like, obviously, like, we were really worried about you because, we, you know, everybody really wanted to see you. But also, we know that's not an easy decision to make. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's one thing to travel by yourself. It's another thing to travel by yourself when that wasn't the plan. So you you, because if you were, you know, when you were going by yourself, you, 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 you plan that very differently, especially as a woman. And so and so. We were all we were all rooting for you to come, and I'm glad that you did, and I'm glad that you ended up having a really good time. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's true imposter syndrome, you know, just making this decision to come alone, not only because it's like, you know, I had planned this trip, I want to see these people, but also because it's like, you know, these these people or friends like wanted to see me too like you know just being in full denial I'm like no like everyone's gonna have a good time like without me like it's it's totally fine like you know I'll, I'll, I'm gonna fuck off and you know everyone's still gonna have fun like it's no big deal but just seeing everyone and just everyone just continuously asking me how I'm doing how Carlos was doing like it, it really hit me I think that last day like because it's like everyone just kept coming up to me asking if I was okay and like I, I'm so lucky to have such a wonderful, I don't know why I'm crying. I just, oh, I'm, I'm, I love every, I love everyone. I'd give you all my fucking kidney. <laughs> I just, I'm just so thankful for everyone. And I mean, I, I think I should probably start doing the, th- the thank yous now. You know, Josh Chapman was one of the first people to reach out to me to say, hey, if you need a place to stay, stay with me. And him and Catherine and his fiance now, fucking congratulations. Yeah. They have been so wonderful. I mean, on Easter Sunday, her, his fiance gave me like a cute little Easter gift. Like Aww. it just, it was, She's, it was so yeah. sweet. She's very nice. Like, I'm glad I got a chance to talk to her a little at the, at one of the bars one night. Cause she was super yeah. cool. Yeah. And, you know, I want to thank you, too. I don't think that I would have made it here if it oh. wasn't for, like, your encouragement and everything. And, you know, just seeing how happy you and Kev have been this past, like, two weeks has just made me so happy. Like, especially just you talking about it right now. Just, I I can't express enough how happy I am for you. Like, you went on this fucking hard journey. And, like, yeah. you deserve so much happiness. And seeing that, like, not only that he gives you that, but it's like you give that to yourself. is just such an empowering and just such a beautiful thing to witness. Um, God, who else do you need to think? I need to thank the Andes uh, that's trademarked now. Um, Andy Bell is an amazing <gasps> human being. What a Holy dude. Holy shit. 
Like he, he and Craig and Sean walked me home one night and that was just so lovely. Sean Hoffman. Holy fucking shit. Sean fucking Hoffman. You were a good person, a good friend. Meeting you was definitely one of the highlights or, I mean, I met you last celebration, but you know, just our, you know, our friendship blooming and, you know, I love our love for Disney parks and talking shit and just uh, everything. Um, Catherine for, you know, kidnapping me and going on a VIP tour. Um, I'm going to be thanking people along the way because I feel like I'm definitely going to forget people. But, oh, man. Even, like, yeah. everyone who had texted me, you know, Carlos's family, like, his sister was texting me, you know, th- like every day just being like, are you okay? Like, do you need anything? Like, that was so fucking rad. And, and just little things, little things, too. Like, like I, I mean... Catherine brought us Tim Tams. Fucking Turbo knew that we both really liked the the Vegemite and cheese shape, so he bought brought a couple boxes of those. And it's just, it's like just, just the thought behind that. Yeah, and just, just Turbo yeah. was so kind too. I mean, the fact that he brought Tim Tams and Vegemite shapes, I was able to take those home. I didn't think I was able to, but I was able to. I almost didn't make it home because I had too many fucking liquids and I was afraid. I'm like, oh, God, they're going to make me give into my fucking Tim Tams, you know, keep me here. I'll eat them. But. Oh, I, I like I was I was uh, I was checking my bag. And like at first I, I tried to do the. Uh, the like self bag drop and it wasn't working. So this guy was talking to me and first he scolded me because there was apparently some form online I was supposed to fill out, which is why I couldn't do self scan. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. British Airways didn't tell me there was some form I was supposed to tell. But anyway, he like takes the bag and he's like, you are right on the line for your baggage being overweight. Which it was one of those things, you know, like on the way out, I thought about on the way back. I did not think, yeah, you got rid of all those presents you took. But those presents you took were replaced by a couple of bottles of whiskey (laughs) and a bunch of food and a ginormous heavy book. But I'm glad I didn't have to pay an excess 60 pounds because I spent way too much money on this vacation. I spent so much money, too. I feel like knowing that, like, Carlos wasn't there, I was like, I could spend as much money as I want and no one's going to tell me not to do it. So, like, I would be at Disney Paris and be like, I'm going to have some fudge. I'm going to have a glass of wine, which, holy shit, French wine is so fucking strong. Holy shit. Um. Uh, can we can we also talk about how fucking fantastic the the scruffy boys are? Like Ed, Jimmy, Kev, yeah. um, ce- celebrity artist Chris Hall. I I think that celebrity artist Chris Hall um is getting a promotion. Oh yeah, yeah. From this day forward, it is celebrity artist and good friend Chris Hall. <gasps> wow, that's quite the yeah. promotion. Yeah, it's a very good promotion. So he's going to have to change the plaque on his door, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so that, you know, I, you know, we'll get into it when we go to cel- when we go to the celebration stuff. But, you know, just hanging out with Ed and Jimmy and, and Kev and, 
you know, Chris, they're just wonderful people, you know, especially like Jimmy, like, you know, we were talking a lot about like, you know, family stuff and just about celebration and life and just being able to have these conversations with people that you've been hanging out on the internet for, for like five years and being able to see them in person. Like it's nothing like it's, it's so incredible, like creating these bonds with people. Yeah. And it's, unlike anything that I've ever experienced, you know, like, I feel like growing up, like, I've always had issues, like, making friends with people, and just, you know, mental health, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, issues, but, you know, being around our friends was just such a, a calming and relaxing thing, especially, like, after, like, traveling alone for a week, and then getting to celebration, it was just, it was so nice, and it was so peaceful, like, I, I was just so happy and it's like as much as I missed Carlos and everything and you know like shout out to Carlos I mean he's not listening but I mean I don't I I, I just want everyone to know just how much I love and appreciate him like I know that what had happened you know was it was not intentional or anything but like he's he's the love of my life. Like he was my lifeline. Like if I needed help with something, he was just a phone call away. He was my on-call therapist, my on-call tour guide. Like he, he was really there for me. And you know, you, you don't realize how much you love someone or something like until you go through something like this, because like, it's just such a intense thing that happens. And, you know, I'm I'm probably going into too much detail, but like, uh, he's, he's amazing. Like no matter what have ha- was, what has happened, like he's an amazing person and I can't wait to be able to go on more adventures, actual adventures with him with his non-expired passport. And it's okay. We can joke around about that. Everyone now, like there's no like elephant in the room. Like I think like Josh Chapman had made a joke about it. He's like, I'm sorry if this is too soon. I'm like, no, like you could have made this joke like the, the day before the day that it happened and it would have been fine because yeah. I love that kind of dark humor. But Oh, we want to get into uh, Star Wars Celebration Europe. Yeah. yeah. How was your Star Wars Celebration, Emily? You know, it's the it's the least amount of time I've spent at a celebration, for sure. Because, uh, one, I just did it. I mean, I I did have a good time, and I and eventually got into it. But that I got kind of, like, burnt out that first day, and I was a little bit worried. But yeah. But let's see, first day was the Lucas Studio panel. And everyone was just like, what? What the fuck are they possibly going <laughs> to announce? But it ended up being great. I mean, uh, let's see, we saw a trailer for Acolyte. And it was fucking awesome. I'm really excited for that show. Um, Leslie Hedlund seems cool. I love what she was talking <laughs> about, you know, like wanting to make a, uh, like a samurai like influences and stuff that she was talking about. I wish that trailer were online because I would like to watch it more and really like t- t- <coughs> sorry, really take it all in. Um, we saw Jude Law in Skeleton Crew. That was like w- watching an ad for an 80s uh, Amblin movie, which is not really my thing, but I think if that is your thing, it's going to be a great show because it looked well done. But it even hits like, you know, like the, the tropes of those kinds of movies, like the it's like the kids, like you're just hearing their in, in voiceover and then you're getting, you know, the the garage door opening on the workshop and all of that stuff. And I think I think it was a really cleverly done way to promote that show. Uh, the kids who came out were adorable. 
I'm looking forward to seeing how they do. Uh, what else did we see? Oh, we saw Ahsoka. Don't care. Um, look, it's a good trailer. I just don't care about that show, and I don't care about uh, Rebels. So when you bring out those characters, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, what do you think of the trailers? Dude, I will forever remember, like, when they started talking about the Acolyte and Leslie comes out with Wookiee Jedi and they do that awesome fucking bow to each other. That was when, like, I'm like, I'm in. I'm fucking in. Take my money. I'm in. And I guess it was cute seeing, like, Jonas come back. Yeah, I like It's him. cute. Yeah. He's so tall. I mean, I think he's taller than Peter was. He might be. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah such a great opportunity for him though like that's just amazing he was kind of choking up talking about how like he was asked to come back as a jedi i mean that's something that he had always wanted to do and i don't think like it it just yeah just seeing that it's probably cool to come back as your own character because yeah i understand he played chewy but that's always peter's character forever and ever and ever and so i think to be able to be able to make someone of your own and it, the fact that it's a Wookiee Jedi, good for him. Yeah. Was was Peter at all in the Wookiee costume for when he was um, in Solo? Or was that 100% Jonas? You know, I'm not sure. Um, I, for, from memory, maybe like some of the scenes when he's like seated were Peter. But I could be, that could be like one of the other um sequel movies so i'm not sure yeah because i think the last jedi was i think the first movie that it was like 100 percent Jonas, but i could be wrong uh, i don't know um but the trailers were good um i'm reverting back to listening to scruffies when like they if they didn't know something they'd just be like look it up on the internet and like i love and appreciate that so much if you haven't listened to the scruffies uh celebration reviews do that because it's amazing because i love the energy of like them just sitting in bed recording because i mean like that's my energy 24 7 but it's like they were like fucking falling asleep and like i love that so much for them chris and ed had no interest in recording but jimmy was all for it so (laughs) i love i love them so much I, i love my my space brothers just they're just so wonderful um azoka was funny so um because i had an extra celebration badge um i was able to like fucking use it and be like hey does anyone you know want to switch with me because i really wanted to go to lucasfilm showcase because that was like the main thing i wanted to go to so jimmy's like hey yeah and come with me to ahsoka so i'm like okay great because he wants to see his big blue boy thrawn so of course um jimmy misses the panel where like we see the back of thrawn's head for the first time Dude, so i was fucking losing it i'm like if we because i right before right before it starts i just i turn to chris and go it's gonna be so funny if we see thrawn before jimmy does it felt <laughs> then, so bad and then when they announced that we were gonna we they were gonna show the uh the episode of mandalorian early and, and it's like Jimmy gave away his badge. I mean, luckily, luckily, someone snagged him a wristband so he could come in and see it. But I know I felt so bad because I'm thinking, shit, I have to, I have to give Jimmy back my badge to see the the fucking Mandalorian. So like, I had a whole plan out. I was gonna be like, I lost my wristband, but thank God, um, Turbo, one of Turbo's friends, um, Matt, was there. Not, um, 
I feel like we need a good nickname for Matt Mole. Like, I feel like Matt Mole, like, needs, like, some sort oh, of nickname. Like, I mean, Mole. I mean, like, um, like, Sneaky Mole or, like, something. Yeah, that's, like, not, that, that's just too long. I know, but, like, just fucking Mole. Just, just, just fucking Mole. Uh, can't wait to see that motherfucker in Japan. Can't fucking wait. But, um, I was moling it. I guess that's the verb now where I was going to be like, okay, like I'm going to try to get a wristband so I can get to Jimmy. But I was able to get Jimmy um, a poster because funny enough. So um, so I, I had got a poster for Jimmy and, you know, I was walking around with it because like I had a ton of time like on the floor and everything. And like someone had bummed into me and the poster had ripped. And I was like, motherfucker. But then I was able to go get one. So I was able to save him a poster. I was able to give him the wristband. We were able to watch Mando. I was able to um, get good seats with Sean Hoffman because like we got like front row in like one of the celebration rooms. It was funny. We were at the Twin Suns stage and one of the DJs there looked just like Ben Shapiro. <laughs> So it was funny because he came up to us and started talking to us because we like we were wearing the beanies and he's like, "What oh, Star yeah. Wars spelt out?" Which fucking Josh Chapman, man, your fucking beanies made Star Wars celebration. Everyone was coming up to me like asking me like where I got the beanie. Like I felt like I was a celebrity because it's funny because like. I feel like sometimes, like, people come up to us to celebration, and they're like, oh, you do Canto by Dispatch. Like, no one came up to me asking about Canto by. People were just coming up to me, like, what about the fucking beanie? Which, like, I, I, that was so funny, but it's like, I feel like I didn't have the energy anyways to be like, yeah, I'm Brittany from Canto by. Hello. Like, I just, traveling alone is a lot. But, um, I loved the beanies. The, I can't wait for the beanies. Next celebration. Um, I loved talking to people. Um, I. Oh, we haven't talked about Mando. Do you want to give a quick like oh, Mando review? Before that, before that, the other stuff at the the studio thing. Um, movie. Oh yeah. Movies. So uh, James Mangold doing one about the basically origins of the Force and the Jedi and. He described it as he wanted to do a Star Wars like biblical epic in the style of like the Ten Commandments. Um, sold on that, I like Mangold. Um, I think doing something, you know, like twenty thousand years or wherever before the movies is super cool. So I hope that movie happens. Uh, Dave Filoni movie, don't give a shit. That seems like a weird movie choice like i could see it doing it as a streaming movie but doing it as a theatrical release when viewership on mandalorian is tanked and book of Boba Fett didn't do really well and it seems like that's going to be a very hard sell for an audience to go see a movie that's wrapping up some tv shows they didn't watch so yeah, but it's Dave Filoni. You yeah, know how yeah. people have a big boner for yeah, Dave Filoni. Okay, but those those people are not like the general audience people. So outside of celebration, that's not gonna get a reaction. Nobody nobody who doesn't watch if you don't if you don't obsessively follow Star Wars, you don't know who the fuck Dave Filoni is. What's funny was that I was I was talking to someone about celebration yesterday and I was like, Oh yeah, I saw a bunch of celebrities. They're like, Oh, who'd you see? I'm like, Oh, like Jude Law, and they said Dave Filoni. And then like I don't know why I say Dave Filoni, but like to me, like, who the fuck is Dave Filoni? And I just yeah, like exactly. went on, like, Rosario Dawson. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, the other one, it was really cool because, you know, they were showing like a kind of like a, a timeline, you know, of like this and this, you know, the rise of the public, the blah, 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 that. And then um, when they bring out, when they're announcing the last movie, it's um, the, the new Jedi Order comes up on the screen. And then I'm getting super excited because I'm like, well, if they're doing a movie about after the sequel era, then it's got to be, it's got to be Ray. They're going to be doing a movie about Ray. And yeah, and then Daisy Ridley came out and I cried. Because as much as I, as much as I don't like that last movie, and in fact, I think it is a real piece of shit. I love Ray and I love Daisy and hopefully this movie will be much better than that movie. I also am encouraged because I feel like if you, announcing that movie and bringing Daisy out, that movie is happening. Maybe it's not happening with this director because you know how Star Wars loves to fire directors, but they're going to do a movie where she's, you know, leading a Jedi Academy or something. I really hope John Boyega comes back and I hope he gets to also be a Jedi because he that dude deserves it. That would be so wonderful. I mean, seeing this is like I know like people's reception of the movies the sequel trilogy isn't that great but i love daisy ridley so much and like it breaks my heart just seeing like what she had to go through i mean like she was ran off of social media after like posting about like gun rights and like just people were giving her shit and now she's back on instagram thriving and now seeing that she's going to be in the movies again that just makes me so happy like she's such a bright light and i Oh, and then just I was talking to Chris Hall about her because he was talking about like, you know, his personal ties with like the sequel trilogy and his family and everything. And just seeing how happy it made other people knowing that Daisy was going to be back like made me happy. I feel like as pessimistic as I have been the past couple of years about Star Wars. um, One of my highlights about the celebration is just seeing other people get excited about something because it's like normally like, you know, if Carlos is there, it's like we just talk shit about each other to each other about like how how crazy Star Wars is and like how shitty it could be sometimes. But being able to individually talk to everyone and like hear what they're excited about and see like literally see at panels like what they're excited about is like really nice. And like I'm happy for everyone, even though sometimes I think Star Wars is a pile of shit. it's, It's not sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, we also got six six or seven minutes of a chase scene from the middle of Indiana Jones. Generally, I don't want to see a scene. Like, give me a trailer. And certainly don't give me a chase scene from the middle of your movie. That's weird. But it was fun. I fucking love Phoebe Waller-Bridger. I think she is incredible. I just have the world's biggest fucking crush on her. She's just like so brilliant and funny and talented and sexy. And I just like, I don't know if I want to be her or if I want to like make out with her, but like kind of everything. And I think she looks really fun in that movie. I still don't know if I'm going to like this movie or not. Cause I don't know if it's possible for me to like a new Indiana Jones movie, but I like James Mangold and I, you know, I like Indiana Jones. So I hope it's good. And it was fun to see. I always get so happy when we get actual Lucasfilm news, like about like not Star Wars, but when they were talking about indie. I love Indiana Jones so much, and I love Harrison Ford more than words that I can express. And that little video he showed or they showed us where he's talking about Phoebe Waller Bridge, and he's like Phoebe Waller Bridge. It was just so funny, just his mannerisms and just 
Harrison Ford just makes me so happy. And I'm so excited for Indy. I remember being in seventh grade when The Crystal Skull came out and how much fun I had watching it, even though it was a really bad movie. Because mm. <sighs> I just, I, you know, I, I got into the Indiana Jones films on road trips. Like, we would be on a road trip somewhere and, you know, watching uh, The Temple of Doom or something. Like, I love those movies so much. And it makes me happy that they're still going. And even though it's going to be Harrison's last, I, I really hope yeah. it's something that they possibly continue in the future with other characters or like prequel series. Like I would be so into that because I love, there was this like national treasure show on Disney plus that was so bad. It was beautiful. Like it was so yeah. fun. It was amazing. And I love those kind of shows. Yeah, so keep, keep yeah. them going. Disney. I mean, if you, if you want to give me a couple more movies of fever to Waller bridge, like running around, Tabit adventures where she steals shit. I could go for that. Yeah, I I love what she was talking about how how hard how great it felt when she would make Harrison laugh because it's like a really hard thing to do. And that was adorable. They're all so fun. Did we talk about how Jude Law Fox with his mustache? Holy shit! He has this mustache that on anybody else would be. I'm like, dude, get the fuck out of here with your scuzzy fucking mustache. But it really worked on him. I'm probably so happy. He, probably because I think he is a little bit scuzzy. I mean, he definitely is a little bit scuzzy. But man, it's hot. He's a beautiful man. It's so happy we're getting such beautiful, great people in Star Wars. Because I feel like the last couple of years we haven't got the best people in well, Star Wars. I, I don't know if Judah is the best guy. No, he's oh. not. I mean, ask the nanny. I just don't. I don't yeah. know. I mean, he's kind of a piece of shit. But hey, look, I you know, fuck, I don't care. You know, like he's hot. Yeah, it's fine. He's not like an awful person comparatively. He's just a bit of a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're all pieces of shit, and are you know, and yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, I feel like sometimes like other people are just more pieces of shit than others. Oh, yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, he's not like a gross transphobic piece of shit, as far as I know. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's that's great. Like, you know, if, if you're not a misogynistic asshole or a transphobe, then you know what? You're. Yeah. You're yeah. OK. You're OK. It's on the scale of things. I'm willing to accept that in my guys. I think I like, am enjoying watching on screen. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, then, yeah, that night we saw Mando. Yeah, they it was funny. No, it was fucking weird. So they they show us the like a, a like a five minute clip of next episode of Mando. And then they're like, well, we could show you more. You guys are going to come back tonight and watch the episode, which I was excited about because my dumbass thought this was the season finale like the whole yeah. time. And I just think, just show us both episodes, motherfuckers. Show they us both episodes. Because then it's like two weeks out that they have to worry about people spoiling shit. Yeah, but I mean, I'm so greedy. Like, I get so greedy at these conventions. I like, I do. turn into a different person. Like, I want my free shit. I want my uh, light and magic hat. hat. I want my fucking light and magic hat. I will literally take it off of Ron Howard's fucking head. I wanted that hat so bad. And I was so excited to be at that panel last year because I thought we were getting that hat. But you know what? If I see, if, if like a couple of years down the line and I'm at a Disney store, I'm somewhere where I see a light and magic hat, I need to fucking get it. Just like I always tell myself, if I go on Star Tours and I'm the Rebel Spy, like I need to get the t-shirt that says I'm the Rebel Spy. Like that will be something like, I even went on Star Tours at Disney 
see Paris and I'm like, what if this is my time? Like, what if I finally get Rebel Spy? But then the screen wasn't working. And that's what I was thinking. I'm like, maybe it was me, but the screen wasn't working. But I don't know. But one day I will be the Rebel Spy and then I will get the T-shirt to prove it so I can tell everyone for the rest of my life, even though they give a fuck and I do. But OK, so we watched Mando. Um, How? <laughs> so my favorite Emily Mando story was that she sat all the way in the back so that no one would hear her shit on Mando. That's not, that's not entirely true. First of all, it was not my decision to sit in the back. I don't really care, but I was happy to sit in the back. Cause then I'm like, I'm not bothering anybody. I didn't talk during it. There was definitely some sign. Yeah. 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 But that's what I meant. Yeah. 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 It was undoubtedly the best episode of the season. Uh, I'm not saying much, not, right? No, still not great. I also, the problem is, I don't care anymore. Yeah. So to a certain degree, I think this could have been the best episode of the series, and I still would have been like, meh. Um, I don't, I don't care about the Mandalorians. There were some cool like battle sequences. I like the the like Vizsla's whole last stand was cool, but I don't know who any of these other Mandalorians are, so. Just seeing a bunch of dudes and ladies in masks fight other people in masks, who I also don't know who they are, kind of hard to care about. Um, I think the the opening scene with Moff Gideon is is potentially really interesting. I like that we're seeing, you know, sort of we're finally seeing what they talked about when the when the show was first announced, which is this, you know, the the rise of the First Order. And the origins of that. Um, I want to say something now that I feel really bad saying. Because of how much I like him. I think Esposito kind of sucked in this episode. And was really annoying. And his big speech. When he comes down in his big stupid mech suit. I just. I thought he was flat out terrible. The, the, the thing is like. You can do a really big, over-the-top, scene-chewing villain if other people are that heightened. But when he's the only person that heightened, it didn't. It really didn't play for me. And I just, I thought it was dumb and bad, and I hated it. And I was mad because I liked that character so much in the beginning. Like, he was so creepy and scary. But now I just think he's like a... I don't know. He's like Dr. Claw from fucking Inspector Gadget. I can't take it seriously. Wow, what a throwback. Let me look up Dr. Claw again. You oh, never yeah. saw his face. You just saw the back of him and he would pet his cat and he had the hand. So my introduction to Inspector Gadget was Inspector Gadget 2. So that was always my Inspector Gadget. And is I don't that really remember French Stewart. Yeah. Because he was a porn star, right? What? Wasn't he a porn star? What? I remember someone telling me that, that the star of Inspector Gadget 2 was a porn star. He was like from Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, so that's a no. Um, so the... The movie with, like, Matthew Broderick, I would watch that, and I'm like, as a kid, I'm like, no, Inspector Gadget 2 is better, even though, like, <laughs> but that's funny. Um, yeah, I I agree. I thought 
he was kind of bad. And I have a theory that they were supposed to do more with him or this season just feels a little fishy. Like I feel like it's kind of like solo where like they had a plan of what they were going to do with the show. And then like something just had happened and just they kind of had a scramble last minute. And that thing that happened is someone at the studio said, no, you have to have baby Yoda in this season. God damn. And oh my God. And I'm sorry when he's walking around in that suit. I can't. Not that I didn't laugh, because when he's when he's in the marketplace and he's doing the yes, 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 yes thing, it's funny, but mm-hmm. also it's so just it's so dumb. Yeah. It uh, this episode was good, but I mean that doesn't really say much like I feel like this sh- this season is still tainted because like I just don't care anymore like right. I don't care about anyone I don't like how they're trying to make it seem like Bo-Katan and Mando are gonna fuck I don't oh. like that no I think they're both uh going for the 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 opposite teams but if you know I, what I mean I I yeah I also hated like him like pledging his allegiance to her and all of that shit. Like, I don't like the fact that this season has been him becoming more of a Mandalorian. And I don't, I don't like the other Mandalorians. I, I, I like the crazy cult Mandalorian better than the normal Mandalorians. I think the normal Mandalorians are really annoying and suck. And I like the Children of the Watch. Yeah, I just, I'm just not sure what's going on with this season like it just it feels like it's all over the place and i did feel bad for all the mandos like when they got captured i thought that was strange i guess like i guess moff gideon had had his underground lair on mandalore forever just like waiting for the mandalorians like since when does uh when does he hate mandos and when does uh, i just well i mean he was the guy like he was the guy who like was in charge of the whole purge but also yeah it would be good to know like why like if we had to like stop talking about why like he hates them so much, that maybe would have been. I just I I don't get it, and uh it just this season just feels all over the place. I'm no longer invested, and like that's okay. But it was <laughs> nice. Yeah. It was nice waking up yesterday morning, being like I don't have to watch Manto because oh I already God, watched I so, it. I was so happy when I realized I didn't have to watch it before we recorded. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> After the, after the episode, Tav looks at me and I just go, I, I don't know if I'm going to bother watching the season finale. <laughs> I just, I don't care anymore. And it sucks because I loved that first season so much. I liked quite a bit of the second season. I liked the parts of Book of Boba Fett that were actually about Boba Fett. Um, I don't know. I just, I wish the show was better. Yeah, I wish it was better. I I wish I liked it, but I mean, it's okay. Ugh, what a mess. Uh, well, oh, oh, yeah. We still haven't talked about last week's episode, which um, my dad has told me that last week's episode was his favorite episode of season three of Mandalorian. Your dad's taste is mind boggling. I, it's like, does he flip a coin to decide what he likes and doesn't like? Because I can't, I can't get a pulse on it at all. 
I don't know, but it makes me really happy because um, I watched that episode and just like the different cameos and everything. Like, I don't really remember what happened. Like, I feel like oh, yeah, everything I. Yeah. There's a reason for that, which is nothing happened. I feel like it was a fever dream. And like, that was when I was really excited because I'm like, this show knows what it is now. Like, it it knows that no, it, it just doesn't care anymore. Like, it's it just the show doesn't it. care. So then it gives me the freedom to not care anymore because it's like, I don't have to sit here and record with you every week being like, you know what, Brittany, I wish you liked Mandalorian. I wish that you were Mandalorian's number one fan, getting Mandalorian tattoos and shit, being like, you know, this is the way. Like, I just don't care anymore. And like, I'm comfortable with that. I mean, of course, like, I wish I liked it. But I mean, I'm not like being like crying at Lucasfilm being like, I, I wish I liked you. I wish I liked you, Mando. But like, I just, I don't. Here's how much I hated that episode of, of The Mandalorian. It made me dislike Christopher Lloyd, which Aww. I didn't think was possible. I mean, I honestly, like, I had forgotten he was supposed to be in the season at all. So when he first popped up, I was so fucking excited. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Christopher Lloyd, and he's not an alien. Like, everybody thought he was going to be an alien, and he's not. And it was so cool. But that episode, he was he was bad in it. The episode was bad. The character was stupid. Uh, Jack Black and Lizzo were both, like, neither of them belongs in Star Wars. I like both of them. Neither of them should be in Star Wars. It felt like a bad episode of Doctor Who. It was just so silly. And I feel like sometimes, like in Star Wars, like we don't really get that, that like really silly dialogue, George Lucas, like kind of crap. And like, I feel like it was just so insane. I saw someone like comparing it to like a live action version of an episode of the Clone Wars. And I'm like, okay, yeah, like I understand that. But I, I was... I was happy, too, because, like, um, I saw, like, Lizzo had posted something about, like, how much, like, her dad was a big Star Wars fan and how much it meant to her, like, being in it. And, like, that's adorable. Like, you know, no matter what anyone thinks of this episode, like, that's what Star Wars is about, is about Lizzo knighting Grogu. Like, <laughs> I love yeah, that. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, but why can't the episode be good? Why does it have to be terribly, terribly written? I don't mind it being like a madcap, lighthearted thing if it was a well-written madcap, lighthearted thing. But it was just a mess. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, this whole season has been a mess. Yeah, fucking Kajakov sucks. Pedro seems bored out of his mind. Yeah, poor Pedro. Like he's like the fact that he didn't want to fucking be there and he sent like that little video thing at the Lucasfilm panel being like, I'm a meme now. I'm eating a sandwich. Thought that, that was man. funny. Bless that man. I he probably fucking hates Lucasfilm. I don't fucking oh, I blame don't him. No, he might love it. I don't know. It just he doesn't seem to be particularly like engaged, but that could be because it's hard like the writing is just isn't there to like lift that up. He's also like so big now. It's it's beautiful yeah. like seeing how big he's got since the first episode of Mando and I mean I I loved a lot of his like previous work too, but seeing it, it's so wonderful seeing how big that he's got. Like I'm really I'm really proud of Pedro. Like Pedro's done a lot and I feel like I have to constantly remind myself that like I like the Mandalorian cuz Pedro Pascal's in there sometimes. <laughs> I hope uh, we see his face yeah. again. So yep. what other panels did you see? Uh, I didn't. I didn't see the Ahsoka panel. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, we got an Andor season two sneak peek too. Oh, oh that's right. Uh, it was just a lot of people walking around and looking pensive. Amazing. But, um, 
everybody looks cool. Uh, Andrew looks hot as hell. We get lo- looked like Val having sex with a girlfriend whose name I can't remember. But oh, yeah. I'm excited about that. I like this that I had forgotten that in Andor people actually get to have sex. But Dude, Tony Gilroy is the best thing that's happened to Star that. Wars. He's so great. Give him six Star Wars movies. Yeah, I went to the Andor panel and that was pretty cool. Um, it was funny because uh, <laughs> I forgot who, but I think everyone was cursing, which like I love that they just felt so open and free to just like say whatever they want. Um, I love that kind of stuff because I feel like sometimes like I feel like censoring is like a big thing that happens sometimes, especially like celebration panels. I feel like sometimes like there was like a code word said if they felt like they were saying too much or something. So it's mm-hmm. always fun to kind of hear. Um, I did Ahsoka. I was able to get Jimmy in. It was funny because we were in line with someone who um, you meet like really fun people in line. You know, you get like just interesting people or anything. But this guy had like all of the wristbands on his backpack of like all the panels that he had been to, which was really interesting. And he was just telling us about like his different celebration experiences, which was really cool. Um, One thing I feel like I've gotten better at since being in London for a week is understanding really thick Scottish accents. Um. So that's nice because I always feel bad like if someone's accent's really thick and I can't understand them. But I feel like being in a celebration dungeon for like four days straight, like it has you kind of help help you learn to understand yeah. really thick accents. So that's fucking rad. Um, Ahsoka was fine. Um, I feel bad saying this, but as wonderful as all the panels were at celebration, I think I fell asleep during all of them. <laughs> I had never been so tired in my life because so the layout of celebration was really weird because you get to the convention center and then like you immediately have to go inside the dungeon so you're no matter what if you get there at 10 o'clock when it opens like you're waiting i don't like that i didn't like that i miss being able to walk into anaheim like just like walk through the doors like i miss that dearly even though how unorganized it was this was the most organized celebration I would say the actual layout of the celebration is much better than Anaheim, though. Like, I could actually find things. Yeah, I had a hard time at first because, like, I had a hard time, like, finding the celebration store because I had a grocery list of things that I wanted that I needed to get. It was funny because every Emily, every time I was in line at the celebration store, one of my siblings would text me being like, I want this. I want that. And I'm like, no. But then I ended up getting them it because I'm a good sister. So good for me. Um. Ahsoka was fine. Um, I'm not too particularly excited for Ahsoka either. Um, I'm a little more excited about the Rebels stuff. It was cool, like, seeing, like, the Rebels kind of sneak peek and everything. Um, and this might be, like, a controversial opinion, but I don't think Hera looks good. Oh, no? I think... No, I don't. I don't think that she looks... I, I think maybe it's the the paint or something, like, because she's a Twi'lek. Um, I just don't think it... it, it, it doesn't look right i don't know why like i can't put my finger on it maybe watching the show i'm gonna become like more familiar with it i mean mary elizabeth winstead or whatever like she's fantastic i'm probably butchering her name but whatever so it's wonderful seeing her it's badass seeing sabine um i feel like i've had a really interesting journey with the rebels crew like i used to talk so much shit about rebels but you know i feel like it ended really well and i feel like as much problems as the show had like i feel like it resonated like 
pretty well with me because it's like I feel like I have like relatively like positive things to kind of say about the series as a whole and the story as a whole, even though sometimes like things just didn't make sense and it was weird and Ezra would get annoying sometimes. Like I am genuinely excited to see Ezra back again because I am curious to see how that's going to happen and why that's going to happen because this whole like this this whole opinion and theory on Thrawn, like why Thrawn is so important and why him coming back is like kind of like the resurrection. It's like, you know, people waiting around for Jesus to come back kind of thing. Like, I think that's really interesting. And I want to see like how that goes. Um, Jimmy's a really big um, Jimmy from Scruffy Looking Podcasters is a big Thrawn guy. He loves, you know, Timmy Cezanne books, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like insert Thrawn into his veins. Like he'd be fucking down for that. And being with him and seeing his reactions to seeing Lars Mikkelsen as Thrawn yeah. for the first time, that was a really beautiful experience. And it was something that even though I wasn't really like excited for, I mean, I was excited to see, cause I, I love sneak peeks. You know, you know me, like I love seeing things before anyone else. Like no matter if I don't give a shit, no matter if it's Mary Poppins table, like I will live for that. So being able to see Jimmy like experience that and, just him saying that's one of his like favorite Star Wars memories. Like that's just such a beautiful thing. And it just makes me so happy not being pessimistic about Star Wars for once and just seeing what Star Wars does to people and what Star Wars does to my friends. And I thought that was great, even though like, I don't really care about Ahsoka and uh, I feel like Dave, I don't know. Dave's an interesting creature because I feel like he was up there and like, not that he didn't care, but he just doesn't really contribute a lot to panels and to anything, you know, because he does. He has this whole little persona thing, which like gets old after a little while. Yeah. And it and it's funny because like, you know, sitting here for like five, six years, I mean, God, it's been six years now, just kind of like not talking shit, but just like being open about like what we think about these people and things and seeing these people at celebration, like kind of made me like step back for a second and be like. I am a hundred feet away from you and I talk so much shit about you, but I mean, like, it's not about, it's not about you. Look, I, I, I've said a lot at times. I think Dave's probably a really good guy and everybody who works with him seems to adore him. Yeah. I just, I don't like his style of storytelling. And again, like, but you're right. He's not an engaging guy in panels. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I would I would have I would have him over for dinner and everything, you know, I'd make him like some tilapia or like something. I don't know. But yeah, I agree with you. Like, I just don't like his his storytelling and like, it's just not my thing. But he doesn't really contribute a lot because it's like we went to the Bad Batch panel and like everyone there just it had so much more to say, so much more to contribute than Dave. And you know, I guess it's a little persona thing, which is good for him. But it, it, I didn't know that Favreau was um, a producer on Ahsoka too, so it was cool seeing him. Um, I don't really have much to say about Ahsoka. No, I mean, I think it's going to do fine. There's, you know, there's Sith people, which is cool. You know, there's like orange lightsabers, which I guess it's cool. People are excited about that, which I mean, I guess orange, like okay. orange lightsabers, cool. Um, I went to the cosplay competition. That was really cute. Um, it was funny because no one kind of knew what they were doing. So like, they'd be like, this is, this is Bob. Bob is 12 years old. And there was some like old guy as Han Solo or something. They were like, I don't know what we're doing. This is just Han Solo. But it was funny because, um, they have the, the camera panned to like different parts of like the costumes. And there was a, 
um, an older gentleman as Han Solo, and they kept um, the camera kept going to his bulge. So okay. you you Thank just you saw dick print. You just saw the layout of you know the the bulge. And it kept going back to that for some reason. It, yeah, fortunately, he didn't win anything. But, I mean, I think he won in all our hearts because we saw his bulge. So, that was cool. Um, I went up to the third floor to, like, the university stage. where Or the, kind of, like, the area where, like, everyone's kind of doing their own podcasts. And there's this really interesting podcast about, you know, these group of girls that are do Padme cosplay. And just what goes into creating their costumes and everything. And how much time and effort that they put into it. Which um, I wish I would have cut that whole panel because the 30 minutes that I saw were fantastic. Um, yeah, I went to an Andor panel. I think I went to two Andor panels. I think I went to, like, the making of, like, Andor 2. Um... I tried to get into OE1, but that didn't work. Um, I had Matt Mole in my ear try to sneak me into there, but I couldn't do it because I'm not Matt Mole. I don't think that anyone could have been able to get into there because I think that I don't even I don't know anyone that got into um, Kenobi other than like press. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, they didn't they didn't announce anything. I mean, they're not doing a season two anyways. And I think that's why I wanted to be there, because I wanted to be there for them to announce the season two. Even though I don't want them to have a season two, I just wanted to be there. Of course. Yeah. I don't know why I'm like this, Emily. Like, I feel like during, like, celebration, like, I just become, like, a different person. Like, I want, I, I will wake up so early every morning to get into like the the queue to get into the floor and it's like i had no plan i just i love a good queue emily like i love rope drop so much i don't know why i'm like this like i you should have seen me uh day two at disneyland paris like i was upset because i was there 10 minutes after rope drop oh heartbreaking i know i know because like i feel like your day not your day is over but i mean it's like everyone's already in line for the things that you could have already ridden. So I feel like I'm like, well, there goes my day. I mean, I still was able to ride a lot, but still. Um, love me a good rope drop. I feel like I kind of shed on this, like, celebration. Like, I mean, just the layout was interesting. I feel like there were a lot of choke points. Um, you know, just sometimes, like, I'd get lost easily. Like, it was just a weird layout. Like, I feel like I would have to walk back and forth, like, several times. Like, it was a pretty big convention center. But, you know, th thinking about it now after being home for a bit, like, I think it was the best celebration I've ever been to. Like, even though, like, no news or anything came about, like, I had so much fun. Yeah, that's the important thing. Uh, let's see. The, oh, uh, the Visions panel. For Vision Season 2. I'm actually really excited about this season of Visions. I think it's like some really. Like really different looking stuff. And we got to see the Ardman one. And I'm a big. Uh, Wallace and Gromit fan. So I like seeing that. I will be honest. Like I was dozing off a little bit in that panel. Just because I was fucking beat. And you're sitting in a dark room. And it's just people talking. So I, I kind of want to go back to. I wish I wish that's what I could like go back and watch. Because. Is that one up? Did they stream it except for the things? I think so because okay. they were kind of doing like, okay, like this is where everyone leaves or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. So I'll, I, I want to go back to see that because I, I was 
there was a couple of people who said who were really interested in what they were talking about but no i'm i'm looking forward to that one even though i was like pretty wishy-washy on season one i want to i want to rewatch the ardman one because there was so much happening visually but it was a really cute story and i thought the one there was like a there was like a 2D animation one like Spy Dancer or something like that that looked gorgeous. Yeah, that one looked beautiful. So I I I don't know. I think that one will be really cool. Visions is so rad. I think my favorite part of that panel though was when you fell asleep on me for a good like 30 seconds. <laughs> I, I was so fucking out of it. I know it was funny because it's like I wanted to just push you on Kev and be like Kev. Let her fall asleep on you because like he did, I feel he like offered, but I was like trying to stay awake. I know, like I feel like that, like those panels made me miss Carlos so much because like I missed a shoulder to sleep on. Like I can't just fall asleep on celebrity artists and friend Chris Hall. Like I can't do that. Like you know, you, you know, friends don't let friends sleep on shoulders. <laughs> yeah, but that was fun. I went to a Parks panel too. That was awesome. Um. Was anything announced there? Nope. Okay. No, uh, Star Tours, they're, they're having new planets for Star Tours, which is cool. If, if Star Tours didn't give me a headache and I didn't, you know, I, I guess I'd enjoy that. But, yeah, it was cool. They brought out some Stormtroopers and Mando with Grogu, which is cool. I love a good Disney Parks costume. So that was nice. Um, got to see Matt Martin. I said something, I did like a woo or something and he pointed at me and I'm like, hell yeah, Matt, I see you. And like, that's forever going to be on the live stage or something. So that's cute. Or the, the, I don't know, live stream. So I can uh, go to that and yeah. Uh, Anything else? Let's see. Like I got, I don't know. I didn't buy a ton. I bought little odds and ends of stuff. I got a Droopy McCool plush, which I'm excited about. Yay, Droopy. Other than that, what else do we have to say about a celebration itself? Oh, the next one. <coughs> the next one's in Japan, which fucking sucks because it means it won't be going to celebration. But No, we'll go. You didn't think you would come to this one. Well, yeah, but okay, first of all, I've always wanted to go to the UK. I don't have a ton of interest in going to Japan. Also, I can't afford to go to UK. Like, I mean, the, I mean, the air travel alone is twice as much as it was to go to the UK. Can't, there's no way I can afford it. Well, here's what I'll do for you: is since you're going to be a UK resident in the next, like, probably like year, year and a half or something, I will write a letter to King Charles. Okay. To give you. A Japan fund. <laughs> okay. So I'll I'll like do a draft of it right now. Dear King Charles, my friend and co-host Emily wants to go to Japan. Can you make that happen? Question mark. Sincerely, Canto Brit. I think that's all we need. I think that'll get you to where you want to go. I mean, I don't even know like what the fuck I want to do in Japan. But you know what's close to Japan, Emily? You know what's close to Tokyo? Uh, Disney. Disney fucking land. So you know where I'm going? Japan. Because 
after I hit these two parks, Emily, I am going to be part of a club that not a lot of people are part of. And that is that is the Every Disney Park Club. And I love clubs. I love being part of things. So the fact that I will soon be one part closer to reaching that goal, um, this is a big deal. This is a big deal to me, to my family, my family of, you know, Disney Park fans, to my friends, to me personally. Like, I can reach a goal that I never thought I would reach. And that is incredible. So I need to go for that. And also because seeing history things and everything and... And broadening my horizons. I mean, for God's sake, I was able to go to go on an international trip by myself. So I know what I'm capable of. Like, what a fucking confidence booster just knowing what you're capable of doing. And it's it's pretty fucking life changing. This trip and this experience is life changing. And the friends we got to spend time with. We have a wonderful group of friends and I can't say enough how how beautiful this trip was and just going through pictures and everything of everyone everything took. Um it's amazing. Like I I can't say enough good things about yeah. everyone. Yeah, it was great to see everybody. And uh, it's also like big shout out to people who weren't there. Like I missed a lot of our friends. It was it was really weird to have a celebration without steel running around doing all the things and interviewing everybody and having a party. It was, it that sucked. Um, really missed Christina a lot, you know, Eric's Aww. brothers, Hawes, like a lot of people couldn't make it this year. And I just want to say, you know, your absence was definitely felt because a lot of people we love couldn't make it. And that sucks. Yeah, I know. As, as soon as we heard it was going to be in Japan, all of us were so excited for Haas because we all know we all know how much Haas wants to go to Japan and now it's going to happen. I mean better. I mean Haas, if you're listening, we'll we'll find a way to Well, we'll, I think Sean Hoffman's going to assure that it happens one way or another, even okay. if he has to kidnap him. I will find the ability to copy and paste you into Japan. I don't know how that's gonna happen. Like I I'll try to figure out how to do it on the computer because there's probably a way for you to copy and paste someone physically to another Yeah, probably there's a way to another do that. place. Yeah. So oh, there's probably a way to do that. We'll keep you updated. But no, it was so much fun being able to hang out with everyone. I mean, I fucking love Kim and Andrew so much. Holy shit. I was so happy that Kim was going and just being able to spend time with her and everything. You know, it was fun seeing Jess Schroeder, you know, Andy Campbell. Uh, I'm just looking at pictures now of like everyone. Like we had such a wonderful group. Chris fucking Willis. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Just being able to see like the newsman in person himself. Like, and it was funny too. Just like he would be there and he would be like sharing some news that he just found out. Oh my God. It's just like the internet, him like sending a link about something. Like, I love that so fucking much. Like, it was funny. I was, I was waiting in line for like a queue or something. And like he comes up to me and like this was before, this was the first time we had met and he didn't say anything or he said like Brittany and I'm like, oh, that's Chris. And I get up and I give him a big hug and I'm like, oh my gosh, hi. And he's like, I found you because of the picture you posted. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, you know, one of my, one of my favorite little things that happened off separation was you posted in the Discord saying that you couldn't find the store. And it, of all, of course, the person to answer was Dave Strutt, who was not at Celebration, but could tell you exactly where you had to go. 
I I love I love Dave Strutt so much. Um, one thing about Dave Strutt that a lot of people don't know is that um, we're both really into Disney parks, and we're always talking about like Disney park stuff. And um, when he found out that the passport stuff had happened, um, he he had his wife or his wife had called me to try to help Carlos with the passport stuff. And he had called me too to try to, you know, help with everything. And he was always helpful with like with the train and tube stuff and some Disney Paris stuff. And that meant so much to me more than he'll ever know. And Dave Strutt is such an amazing person. Like, you know, I I got to the celebration store early. I was able to get most of his stuff. And I had felt so bad because like there was like one shirt I was able to get. And I think someone had got it for him. But that just made me so happy. I love helping out friends and just getting that help from friends too. Because I hate asking for help. Like that's one thing yeah. I hate doing. I mean, for God's sake, I didn't eat all day in France because I didn't want to ask for food. But it's okay. I made up for it. Um, ah. Uh, I just seeing all these pictures and just seeing all of our friends like I I can't say enough like positive things about the friends that we have and you know I feel like in the past I would say like you know this community that we have this community that we have like it is much bigger and much more personal to me than a community like these are our friends this is a friendship this is a a, a corner of friends I don't know I'm trying to find more things to to say but I I'm just so thankful for everyone, for everything. Like, I can't say enough. And I promise next podcast episode, I'll stop talking and stop crying about it. But I no, can't. Ex- but yeah, it was it was fucking great. And I mean, obviously, like, I'm also there with my boyfriend and that's amazing. But like being able to experience like being there with him and having all our friends around us was great and the the number of people either in person or commenting on photos about how happy I looked really really struck me and and then it really like caused me to think about it yeah like this is the happiest I've ever been and it was it was an incredible trip and I'm so glad that I went leaving was really fucking hard like way harder than I'd even imagined it was going to be and I imagined it was going to be pretty hard but but it was a great trip and it was worth all the anxiety going into it it was worth all the money it was worth everything and i love i love all of our friends i do too and we have such a wonderful group of friends and even though like i would have changed like one or two things yeah, like a, yeah. a valid passport um I made the best of it and um I was telling Carlos this but like one of the best parts about like traveling alone is like there's not really a lot of pressure to do everything perfectly because I feel like when I'm traveling with him or something I always want to make everything perfect like I plan from like the point where we get up the point where we go to sleep and now that I know this place a little more like I'm able to know like what to do and what not to do so I'm able to make when he comes down here like a better down there a better time so um, I guess there's like some positives because like I know like I beat myself up if like I go somewhere and it's closed like I had walked I went when I was in France I had walked for like three four miles to this war museum that ended up being closed and I was like kind of bummed oh. but I'm like well I got a nice walk out of it even though it was raining the whole time but at least I'm not disappointing anyone <laughs> but True. yeah but I mean not that he would have been disappointed but um but yeah, I mean, you got to look at the positives. Um, 
but I'm just, I'm happy to be home. I'm happy to be home with Carlos. Um, I'm happy to be home with my family. I always feel bad, you know, having people worried, like not saying that my family was like worried sick about me, but I mean like they were worried. So coming home and just seeing how proud of, proud of me they are, like that's really nice. And, you know, going to work and, and telling everyone, like, I think that's like my favorite thing right now is just seeing everyone's reactions to, Hey, I went on this trip and I went by myself. Yeah. Like just everyone's faces is are they're just it's priceless and it's something that I'm going to enjoy talking about for the rest of my life you know this is an unforgettable trip you know unforgettable experiences memories everything so I'm glad this happened as crazy as it was um turned out to be a wonderful time yay yeah so uh, I think that's probably it for this week um oh next week we gotta we gotta talk about the the last bad batch episodes but we'll get to that um and ted lasso and all of her other stuff but i think we'll just keep this one to to celebration experiences so Brittany, where can people find you on the internet you can find me on twitter and instagram as canto brit what about you I am on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. The show is at CantoBitePod, and you can send us email or voice messages, and that is CantoBitePod at gmail.com. Um, otherwise, you know, a big shout out to all of our all of our friends in the Star Wars world, whether you are at Celebration or not. We love you, and we appreciate you. And to all of our listeners, we will talk to you guys next week time. Bye. Bye. Uh, Kanto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, cause this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a Kanto bitch. Brittany, the Jange, and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, Kendo Bitch number one.